Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 178. Hooray! Uh, every week. Oh, we should, yeah. Uh, yes, it's all three of us this week. Um, I am back from my uh, my travels down south, uh, uh, where I played lots of handheld games. Where um, I will tell you about those later on. Um, uh, yes, for anyone that hasn't listened to us before, uh, you're in the wrong place. Go and download something better. <laughs> No, this is definitely the best episode to jump in from. Quite possibly, yes. The deep lore of Glitch Free Gaming will not be lost on you. <laughs> this is actually going to be just a clip show because uh, you know our writers are on strike, so we need to fill up time. Yeah, so what's going to happen is we're going to hit Paul over the head and then he's going to have amnesia and then we're going to remind him about the fantastic times we're going to that we had before and then hang on a minute why did i get hit over the head because you you often just type when we're talking so we're gonna go remember <laughs> remember that time we kieran and me were talking about the xbox one and you were just typing and then there'll be bloop, bloop, and then there'll be the clip very true true <laughs> let's do that or we could just do a show we could, but there's no fun in that, so I'm ready. Let me neck, the, <laughs> let me neck a bottle of beer or two, and then you can hit me over the heads. <laughs> uh, I think while we wait for Paul to neck his bottle of beer or two, then uh, let's actually do let's talk about some video games. So, uh, how have you guys been getting on with Mario Kart 8? Because... I don't know. We didn't. We didn't speak about it the last time I was here, but I assuming you spoke about it on the last episode. Well, we didn't um, do it last episode. Yeah, no. The last Thank time you. we we recorded the podcast, the game wasn't out yet. Ah, right. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. yeah. I don't know. So, Paul maybe want to talk about the most because Paul's. Yeah. So, this is. I want it. This is not my first Mario Kart experience, but it's the first Mario Kart I've ever owned. Uh, right, okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, so played Mario Kart lots with other people, and pretty sure we had a, a spell of playing it with you guys at EGX one year on the DSs, if I'm correct. Yes, uh, yeah, and we also played quite a bit of the, uh, the Wii version as well. Yeah, yeah, mm. so... Not my first foray into Mario Kart at all, but first one I've ever owned, and by God, is it! I'm glad I kind of owned it. Um, <laughs> I I really am. I mean, as someone who has a Switch, there's not really that much out there at the moment. So when a big release comes out, you're you're gonna go buy it. And that was more of the factor of me going to buy it. it was like, hey, it's one of the bigger releases coming out. I'm going to go and get it. I have not touched. Zelda really that much since Mario Kart 8 came out. I'm just going to let that sink in. Probably the best open world RPG of the year and I've dumped it for Mario Kart 8. 
It's crazy. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart 8 because I finished Zelda, so I, I had nothing to play yeah. on my Switch. I finished most of our games. Like, I finished Zelda, I finished Warner Boy, I finished... I don't know, Binding of Isaac, you don't really finish. No, it's just... It's... There's a lot of people talking it, saying it's one of the best iterations of Mario Kart there ever is, and I will... I don't know whether I can say I agree or not, because I've not owned any of the other ones, but I'm going to say I agree anyway. Um, It's just... (laughs) It's so slick. It runs so well in portable modes. It runs even better in docked modes. Yeah, it looks great as well. It looks fantastic no matter what way you're playing it. It's super amounts of fun and the added uh, CC class, the 200cc, is brutally hard. I really don't like the 200cc. It is brutally hard. I mean, those cars are some, man. It feels like the tracks were not designed for it which they, yeah, they weren't, weren't to be fair but yeah, yeah i'll agree they were not designed for stuff moving that quickly um which makes it really really hard mm-hmm. but at the same time it is a bit of a fun challenge um i've played a couple of the battle modes online those are pretty fun the new multiplayer well i see new multiplayer battle modes i think they were new because they weren't in the original mario kart 8 they're in the yeah. switch version though but they're back from a previous Mario Kart. Yeah, pretty much all the previous Mario Karts have had some kind of uh, battle mode, and Mario Kart Deluxe has a few different modes. Yeah. So even yeah. its battle mode has like a couple of different variations of battle mode, and yeah. they're mostly pretty great. Uh, yeah, I've really no. played a lot about them, but I, I've been playing mostly the races, because I really... Really enjoy I it. just wanted to test out battle mode, so I was playing the balloon pop or whatever yeah. it's called. One where you you basically have five balloons on the back of your cart, and your idea is to not get hit by anything and not let anyone else hit you, so you keep your balloons, but while chucking shells and everything else at other people to pop their balloons. Mm-hmm. And every time they get hit with something or you know you bump into them, they lose a balloon. Yeah, um, that is kind of the the standard mode. That's great. Really cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. Super amounts of fun. I'm terrible at it. Oh yeah, absolutely me too. awful at it. But it's super amounts of fun. I um, won my first game, but I'm terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> I just got really lucky. Like everyone else, basically just killed each other, and I was there. Like, well, I got enough kills to be ahead of other people. So great. I mean, yeah, it's just I said I'm losing more time to it than I am Zelda, which is the truth. When you put Zelda on, you need to be in the mood for spending a chunk of time and i've just not had that recently um whereas mario kart 8 you can fling it on you can sink half an hour into it and finish four or six of the races in a cup yeah and feel like you've achieved something and if you don't finish them then you pick it up and you play in bed yeah i mean if you don't (laughs) Well, that's very much the truth. I said the other night, I was going, I'm going to stick Mario Kart 8 and I'm going to have a couple of races and that's going to be me. Next thing I knew, it was one in the morning. Oh, yeah. And I've been doing that with the online stuff quite a lot. The online's so good and it works so well from portable mode that it's crazy. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, I've definitely had some issues with playing it online where there seems to be just, like, major disconnect issues still. 
Where... The, I've experienced them a little bit, but not yeah. overly much. And on my crappy internet connection, you, I can never fathom whether it's the game or just my internet. It's definitely the game. Because sometimes, like, you'll be playing it and you'll just get disconnected randomly. But other times you'll be, you know, in a lobby or something like that and it shows you the amiibo of, or not the amiibo, the amiibo of all the other people you're in the lobby with. And you'll just notice, like, all of a sudden seven of them will all vanish at once and you're like okay disconnect happened um but for the most part it's it's pretty good i've been playing quite a lot of it online even though i'm terrible like i've not won any races online but i've i've won a few actually well you're you also played online with me and nathan and destroyed us both so yeah, not... and neither of you could really comprehend how, considering I just put the game in and hadn't played any single player yet. Yeah, we'd been sitting playing it for like an hour or something before you joined, and then you just joined and dominated, and we're like, wait a minute, what? This... I, <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, I'm good at that game, and I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I've not won a lot online. I, I did dominate you guys quite a bit. But... <laughs> um. To be fair, you guys dominated me back as well in some races, so... Yeah, it kind of depends on the track more than anything else a lot of times. Yeah. I've gotten really I've... good at that Excite Bike track. I'm but... apparently really good at one of the Rainbow Roads. I don't know what one it was, but... Uh, I, I, I loved the Excite Bike track. I thought it was uh, awesome. Yeah. It's... Uh, one of my favorite ones. I know Nathan hates it, which is why I keep picking it online as well. <laughs> uh, but I've managed to get to the point where, like, I can just round it off because it's the Excite Bike track is based on kind of the Excite Bike courses from the original game. So yes. all of it's got a bunch of jumps and stuff like that that all are the same as the kind of jumps you would get in that game. And the whole thing is just an oval. It's just a a dirt bike oval circuit but with a bunch of these jumps and stuff in it. So I've got to the point where I managed, I can very easily boost off of the top of every single one of those jumps and then land directly into a drift and go right round the thing and get to the... Because one of the things I've added in this one is they added a new level of uh, drift boost. So it's got a third level now, whereas the the Wii U one only had two levels. So you can drift for a bit longer and then get a bit yeah. of a bigger boost. Right. And that's one of the few courses that's really kind of not easy but it's you know a bit easier to get on because there's not very many tracks that you can actually get that third level of boost on because yeah. there's usually just not enough space to drift unless you're yeah drifting in a straight line like a crazy person i mean that's possible yeah I've done but it. it's, it's not quite a good <laughs> racer no but i've i've, I've drifted along a pretty much straight section to get that third level of boost before <laughs> yeah but then you find out you then you like go and start boosting but you're boosting like at a 90 degree angle from where you want to be and just crash into a wall that's like <laughs> always how that ends i mean half the time yeah <laughs> uh, yeah but you know what it's worth it yeah i'm enjoying it a lot uh so this version comes with all the dlc from the wii u version so that's yeah. like the excite bike course the I mean, there's a bunch of courses that came with that. It was, what, four Grand Prix, which each have four tracks in them. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of which are from, or most of which are from previous games, but then some of them are 
There's two F Zero ones, a Zelda one, an Excite Bike one. The F Zero track's really cool. An Animal Crossing one. Yeah, I like both the F Zero ones are great. I really like them. The Zelda one's really nice as well. I quite like that one. It's the, the tracks are really good in general. It's a very good game. It still is one of the things you have to go into with the right mindset because I've never been a big fan of kart racers just because they rely so heavily on randomness for you know who wins basically. You yeah. First place get hit with the shell come last. That still is the case with Mario Kart Eight. Like it hasn't changed. But it's fun enough, even when that happens, to you know just be enjoyable if you're not taking it too seriously. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just. I thought, is this going to be worth the you know the full price of forty three to forty five pounds? I think I ended up paying forty three for it. Um, and at the end of the day, I've had enough fun out of it that it would justifiably have been worth the 50 if i had a paid it it would have, it would have been worth the recommended retail price because i've played so much of it yeah um and there's just there's so much variety in in it now with having all of that stuff there but you still have the kind of unlock factor with unlocking parts of your carts and tires and different hang gliders and parachutes and all that kind of stuff because the first time i got that message of hey you've unlocked something and i was like i've unlocked something i thought everything was unlocked um actually genuinely made me really kind of excited like oh i can unlock stuff cool i can customize my new mercedes car that i just got with different tires <laughs> and all sorts that's really cool um so i've actually been playing for the the completionist factor of trying to unlock all the parts now as well i really hate how the unlock system works though i hate it the fact that you can't go back out and be like hey you've unlocked six or seven parts no yeah. it's, you need to go out six or seven times so from what i understand this is different from how it worked on the wii u but on in mario kart 8 deluxe you unlock different uh car pieces and wheels and the uh, paraglider stuff by collecting coins as you race, which coins also you can have a maximum of ten coins. And if you the more coins you have, the faster you go. So it's, yes, they're yeah. useful yeah. in a race as well. But the more coins you collect, every I forget what the cough is. I think it's thirty every thirty coins up until a point. Then it's every fifty after that you unlock one of these pieces. Yes, but it doesn't tell you until you back out to the main menu. Yeah, um, yeah, that sounds very similar to the, the Wii U. Maybe it was like this then, but it's insane they haven't fixed it, if that's the case then, because yeah. it also only tells you about one piece. So, yes, for example, right. if you've been online for, say, three hours, like maybe someone would do that, that has no maybe, possibly. life, possibly, um, and collect a bunch of coins through that, enough to unlock, say, five unlocks... Uh -huh. When you go back to the main menu, it'll tell you you have an unlock. You have to go into the vehicle selection screen to be able to unlock that, that piece. And the vehicle selection screen has to be in one of the offline modes. If you go back into online, it doesn't let you unlock it there. So you have to go into Grand Prix or Time Trial or something like that, select the character, 
opens up the vehicle screen and then you hit an R button to unlock whatever the thing is. If you've unlocked five things, that will only unlock one of them. And then you have to back out to the main menu again and it'll say, oh, you've unlocked a thing. You go back in, unlock it, go back out to the main menu, you've unlocked another thing. And you have to repeat that process five times to unlock one And it's, that is super annoying. It's... Yeah, that that's slightly different. I it's, don't think it was yeah. as bad as that. It's really, really irritating. Um, which is a shame for a game that is otherwise genuinely pretty great. From understand yeah. it's just vehicle yeah. stuff you unlock. I think there's one character you can unlock from uh, actual races, but everyone else is unlocked from the start. Right. And there's a bunch of new characters, so there's uh, the Splatoon Squid Girl and the uh, Squid Guy. And right. there's Dry Bones, I believe, wasn't in it originally. King Boo. Yes, yeah. A couple yeah. other characters as well. I, I quite like most of them. They're, the new characters are quite good. The new cars are pretty good as well. They added like a new buggy for the Splatoon characters. And also another kind of car for Splatoon characters as well, which are both really good. So it's like there's good additions to this game. Uh uh-huh. It does still kinda of feel just like uh you know a definitive edition of a, a Wii U game. Like they didn't Yeah, it's the game it. of the year version, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like here's all the DLC packed in. They did change some gameplay stuff with uh the extra level of boost and also you can carry two items instead of one now. Right. Which is pretty handy, although you can't switch between them, which makes it less handy, but it's still handy, I guess. It means more items get taken. Yeah, get used oh, yeah. Right. Okay. yeah. But it's still I, weird. Yeah. I was trying to find that switch between them button, and it doesn't no, exist. No, it's not a thing, which is kind of a shame, but... But otherwise, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. More than I thought I would. I kind of bought it, like Paul said, because there wasn't much else out in the Switch at the moment. And, you know, I finished Zelda, I finished Wonder Boy. I kind of gave up on Snake Pass because it's annoying me. I like Snake Pass, yeah. but it's annoying me. Puyo Puyo Tetris is a good pick-up-and-play thing, but it's not a, you know, sink a bunch of time into a game. But nah, Mario Kart 8 nah. Deluxe has definitely been chewing up a lot more of my time than I expected. And I'm enjoying it a lot more than I expected. So that's great, and it does look great. But like the jump from Wii U to Switch power-wise is not the most notable thing. Like the difference in gra- graphics between the two versions is this runs at 1080p, 60 frames a second, whereas on the Wii U it ran at 720, I think. Uh huh. Yeah. But the big difference goes from when you think of how Mario Kart 7 on the 3DS looked and then compare that to this portably where it it looks and runs like that Wii U so game. I yeah I kind of noticed that with the um, on the, the Wii U version and when you were looking at uh, you know the, the tracks there's I think there's one track from Mario Kart 7 that's on Mario Kart 8 um Maybe I don't know. I think I'm pretty. I'm there'll be pretty at least sure one. There is... I, there's a bunch of a lot of those tracks are from older games, so there'll be at least one. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, it, it just looked, 
you know, it did look a lot prettier mm-hmm. and it just it obviously ran a lot smoother as well. So I imagine yeah. that's just carried forward again as well. Yeah, and the fact that there's no portable again as well, it's just that kind of thing of... It just kind of reminds you of how big a, a, a leap the Switch isn't, you know, that big a leap for consoles. You know, it's not, uh-huh. it's not a massive powerhouse. It's not that amazing power-wise, but when you compare it for portables, it's kind of mental the stuff they're running on this already. Right. But yeah, I'm enjoying it quite a lot. Yeah, no, I, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, and as I said, I've put more time into this now than I think I've put into Zelda. So <laughs> that's probably a crazy thing within itself. Not really. I would have, if I was a betting man, I probably would have, you know, get put money on you actually doing that. I think one, you know, because you bought Zelda because you your choices were limited at the time. Yeah, and it's, don't get me wrong, really good game, thoroughly enjoy it, and thoroughly looking forward to playing a ton of it on holiday when I have a bunch of spare time. Yeah, but it's not a game that you, you know, we made a joke about it the last time we recorded as well. It's not something that you would naturally play, so I think... No, no. You know, the fact that you're playing more uh, Mario Kart and you're enjoying it more is not really that surprising. No, probably true. Probably mm. true. But anyway, from one Mario game to another Mario game, Mike, you've been playing Mario Superstars. Yes, I have, yeah. So Mario Superstars is the weird uh, sport collection game that they brought out. Uh, earlier this year around about March and yeah. Um, yeah so it first it got announced and I was rather intrigued by it I thought it's quite you know I was looking forward to it because I have uh, both the tennis game and the golf game mm-hmm. and I liked them and I played quite a lot of them so I thought oh this is quite good you've got you know those those two sports and then We've got a football, baseball, and horse racing. Okay, All the horse those, racing, except for maybe horse racing, are things that have had Mario spin-offs before that have been great. So, um, you know that you'd go right. Well, it has to be a dream game. Yeah. You know they, they've got it all in. They squeezed it all in. Yep. And it is. And it isn't. <laughs> so um, all of the games, um, the baseball game, I'm finding the more difficult to get uh, my head around and play it. Um, but I think that's because we don't play many baseball games. Yeah. You know, right. so probably. Um, yeah, I, th- I think if I spent more time in it, um, I think it would be fine. Uh, but other than that, all the other games are quite accessible. You can get into them quite easy and you can do quite well. Um, mechanically, in terms of the engine, the tennis game and the golf game, uh, both of those, they were made by Nintendo and Camelot. Uh, well, the original versions. It, this is just another version of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, so they still look well and still play very well. No problems at all. That's cool. uh, yeah. Yeah. Football, uh, the football game as well is 
I'm not a big football play game playing person. Um, you know, none of us are. And I think anyone that bought this Mario game to play as a serious football game, I don't think as many people that did that. So yeah. no, I can't imagine. You I know, really it, liked that Mario Strikers game for the Wii. All right. Well, this is, um, this is basically it's got two buttons. Um, well, the way I've been playing anyway. <laughs> you've got the pass button um so you can pass between all your players just basically point your it's like playing old school fifa yeah kind of super it... arcadey yeah um so you know point your whoever's got the ball point them in the direction of where you can see one of the other players and push the the, the pass button and they'll pass the ball to them unless yeah. there's somebody in the way uh and then when you get close to the the goal that you're going towards push the the shoot button and it gives you a power um you know so there's a little sliding scale release it uh, hold it down longer for a more powerful shot and uh you know point the, the joystick in the direction you want the ball to go that's it um there is a point where um after a certain amount of time the ball starts to glow and when you go in when you shoot the ball so if you uh, double tap the shoot button you get like a power shot. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit of the the Mario Super Strikers. Uh somewhat that one also had a lot of uh like items and stuff like that, kind of almost Mario Kart ish that you could use. Oh right. No, this this doesn't have any items. That's fair. Um Yeah. Yeah, it sounds kinda uh, like actually reminds me a lot more of um kinda how their tennis games have worked, but kind of applies yes. to football. Yes, yeah. That is uh, that that is a very good way of putting it. Um, so, yeah, and it, it's fine. So you can play. Uh, you know, there's a tournament, um, and there is a. You know, you can play one-off games as well. When you pick your team, you pick uh, two main characters. So it's kind of like your two strikers. Um, so you pick Mario and Bowser, for example, and mm-hmm. then. The rest of your team is made up of. Um, they are, a, other characters from the game. So you can pick up. I, I'm actually going to do this right now. Uh, okay. So you can pick uh, two characters, and then your, the rest of your team. You can have the red toads, the uh, red Koopa Troopers. You can have the Magic Koopas, the shy guys. Uh, spikes, hammer bros, goombas, and yellow flying squirrel toads. It's basically it's basically toads with like uh, tanuki suits. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you know that's the rest of your team that you can pick. And then when it comes to the goalkeeper, you have a choice of either boom boom or pom pom. I don't know what either of those are. Uh, Boom Boom looks... I don't exactly know who they are as well. They're obviously from the Mario universe one way. Boom Boom looks like a fat, ugly Koopa Trooper. Okay. Uh, All right. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Weird Uh, one. Yeah. But anyway, so you, you make your team and then off you go. And you play the game. Uh, horse racing is a little bit different. Uh, 
oh, a little bit like Mario Kart, but it's got um, very badly controlling carts. Uh, that, um, they have a this stamina thing. Um, it's a bit weird, but it was okay. It was in, in, it was kind of enjoyable. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> it was kind of enjoyable. It was kind of enjoyable, my literally gaming. And so the meat of all of these games, they all have um, multiplayer, which I haven't tried. Um, and they all have single player. Uh, single player is split into, uh, I just want to get the terminology right, uh, tournament and exhibition. So exhibition, you know, if it's tennis, you can play a game against another one of the characters. You can pick how long you want the game to be. Off you go and do it. Tournament, there are four cups. Um, and this is pretty standard fare for most of their games. You've got a... Sorry, I'm going to go into it again. Um, and you're, for the tournament, you can do the Mushroom Cup, the Flower Cup, the Star Cup, and the Champions Cup. So, you know, so far, so very Mario Kart. What actually you know changes that? between the... The difficulty. Just difficulty. Uh, yeah, difficulty and uh, the in the tennis one, the stadiums. But only so the four... tennis one. Uh, no, no, in the football one, the okay, uh, stadiums the change as well, and uh, the golf, the golf. But I imagine golf would probably make the most but... difference. But in those other ones, does it actually make a difference to be in different stadiums, or is it just a? No. It's an aesthetic, purely okay. an aesthetic. Purely aesthetic. Uh, still um, quite good, though. Yeah, okay. But the tournaments are, um, you've got the your first match, then you've got a quarterfinal, semifinal, final. That's it, done. Oh, okay. Um, it is very short-lived. The single player is very short-lived. The amount of content... So I don't know if any of you played the tennis game or the golf game. I didn't play the 3DS ones, but I played previous ones in the series. Right. Um, yeah, the... Uh, sorry, I'm uh, I'm distracted because my laptop's trying to restart. I'm trying to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that would not be good. Do no, it. it wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, in any of the, you know, the golf games or the tennis games, there's always been this lot of of um, content. So yeah. uh, the golf one, for example, you can go off and you can play all these different courses. Um, you can then find different characters and you you challenge the different characters within the Mario universe and you're playing to get... Um, kit you know it's always about yeah. uh, different golf clubs and different things like that that's not in this game this game handles kit and uh, uh, clothes and equipment and stuff like that it handles it differently what it does here is the whole um, the amiibo cards thing so the okay. idea is that what you're meant to do is you buy these collectible cards and you scan them, you use the uh, is it the NFC, what um, the, the amiibo touching thing, yeah. the NFC, and, near field yeah, communication, the, yeah. Uh, 
and uh, oh, amiibo touchy thing. Yeah, amiibo touchy thing. Use the amiibo touchy thing, <laughs> and uh, it gives you uh, powers to use when you're playing the game as certain characters. Um, but you don't have to spend real life money on the amiibo touchy thing cards. You can use your uh, Nintendo Gold coins. And you, you can use your Nintendo Gold coins, or you can also use the in-game currency okay. as the main point point of winning tournaments and things. You get this in-game currency, and then you can buy these Amiibo trading cards. They're virtual trading cards as well, but they work the same way uh, as you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! and any, any uh, digital game that has this Mm-hmm. Uh, trading card mechanism you open the pack you tear it open you look what's inside and it puts them away um with this game you do get doubles as well so you make a card that you've got before if you've got uh 10 card 10 doubles you can trade them in to get one random new card or something okay. like that yeah can that new card be a double uh yes so it's mm, <laughs> that's a weird way of handling that yeah, it no, is. Um, the game is... It's good. Um, you know, t- technically, the... So what I was trying to get at was uh, all the sports uh, mechanically work. There's nothing wrong with them. They look at best really, really good, at worst functional. But not, they're not ugly. Um, yeah. It's a Mario game, Nintendo... I don't think they've ever done that in you know in in modern times um so you've got nothing to worry about there but it is you could play this for a weekend and then that you played everything you know you've done all the tournaments um yeah i I found that with the tennis so the tennis i was getting really into really enjoying it and i've finished all the tournaments i've unlocked metal mario and gold mario and woohoo well done me but you know there's not yeah you're uh, done yeah i'm done uh, it's nice to to always go back and, and play the game again but i've got nothing else to unlock um yeah, it does seem like you'd need to grind a lot if you really wanted to unlock everything and if you don't want to unlock everything there's not well, here's the thing. It didn't take that long for me to 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 unlock everything on the, the tennis side. So, sorry, the, the characters, um, most of the characters are unlocked. There are, I think it's two characters that are not unlocked, and they're not unlocked for every sport. So you unlock them, you unlock the characters um, every time for each different sport. Okay. So once you've unlocked Metal Mario, he's not unlocked for all the other sports. He's only unlocked for tennis. That seems you... like a kind of arbitrary way of making you play the game more. Yeah, but no, I don't have a problem with that, though, yeah. because that's fine, you know, because it gives me something to go for in the baseball game or the, the football game. Um, that That's fine, and that's what I feel is missing. There, there isn't enough of that. There isn't enough to mm-hmm. unlock more characters. I went back to both the golf game and the tennis game, um both before i bought this because i put them in and i thought i really fancy the the mario sports ones it didn't get really good reviews and we heard some things about it but fuck it you know i'll I'll take a chance and uh at the very worst it gives me something to talk about when we do the podcast um 
which is fine and, and what we're doing now but Wait, uh, we're recording yeah, exactly oh no yeah breaking the fourth wall and all that shit um Damn. <laughs> but uh, i put the this the tennis one and the golf one back in after i'd played a bit of a uh, superstars and there is so much that i haven't unlocked uh particularly in the tennis game i i've played through um quite a hell of a lot of tournaments i think i've done uh, eight or nine tournaments and there's still tournaments to unlock uh the golf game as well um once you play through all the courses and you challenge all the characters you can go through and um from the internet the game will download a tournament for you so it picks this tournament and it's based on internet scores around the world and uh there's a ghost and you can see the the ghost playing its shot uh and then you're trying to beat that shot or you're trying to beat that you know that that yeah. course that's cool um superstars doesn't have any of that superstars has got all these different sports but it's got the the start of the game it doesn't have the rest now i don't know if i'm being unreasonable and saying i'm what i want more content in each of the sports uh i don't think so it no sounds, i don't i don't think so either it kind of sounds like they're almost treating each of the sports like a mini game rather than a full game yes and yeah. that's kind of fine for the most part especially if it's like marked as a really multiplayer heavy game but also, it's a 3DS game, and yeah, I, I, I guess people do play 3DS stuff yeah. a lot, but personally, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I spend a lot of time on my 3DS, um, and you, you know, the, the thing with the, the two sports games that I have before is, yes, it, it passes time when i'm on a journey and but it also i'm playing in a tournament because i'm building towards something i'm building to be able to get that pair of uh, trainers with the mario face on them or the yoshi headband or mm-hmm. um or that pair of knickers for princess peach on the tennis court you went too far with that that just sounded creepy <laughs> But yes, yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. You're right. Someone had to do it. <laughs> you're you're looking for that, you know, that extra bit of equipment to give you that little bit of an edge. Or in um, this case, slightly less equipment. Yes. <laughs> um, and this doesn't have that. Yeah. Um, so I will play it a little bit more, um, but I won't. I can tell you now, I'm not going to play it as much as I played those other games. Um, playing multiplayer games on the the 3DS with this one, it's not something I've always done that that much, particularly in these games because, well, you know, you guys didn't, you're not particularly fond of the the kind of yeah. cutesy sports games like that, so you guys no. never bought it, um, and. You know, going back to the old Nintendo thing as well. You go and you play this game online. You're gonna feed. You're gonna get some Japanese dude who is gonna wipe the fucking floor <laughs> with you before you've even started. So. Oh yeah, he's gonna smoke you completely. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> uh, it's kind of why I, I tended to stay away from the, 
the, the multiplayer things. I haven't tried the multiplayer, and I probably won't on this. I, I say I probably won't. I, I might give it a bash, and then you know, not, not tell you that I got completely and utterly blasted. But yeah, um, so yeah, I, a little bit disappointing in uh, just in terms of the content, and I think some of the reviews, uh, quite a few of the reviews said that as well. You know, the content is missing. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. Uh, and just as we were talking, I also just checked. Uh, so I was telling you, once you collect so many doubles, you can trade them in. It's a hundred doubles, and that gives you a three and a three card blind pack. So right. a hundred of your doubles to trade in for three random cards, which could contain doubles as well. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the other thing that you can do with the game as well is uh, if you have any amiibo, you can activate them to gain a, a three-card uh, random pack as well. That's not too bad. I guess. And you you can do three of those a day. But then That's also it means you have to have either a new 3DS or the new T- 2DS that's coming out. Yes. Or that weird add-on thing they brought out that lets you use Amiibo. Yeah, that that weird thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still to find a game that actually has a use for those bloody Amiibo. Um, Zelda. I scanned them all into Mario Kart. They give you costumes for your me character, which I would not have yes. used my me character otherwise, but the Kirby one in Mario Kart <laughs> uh, is like your your me wears a motorcycle helmet that is just shaped like Kirby, so it just looks like you got Kirby over your head. It's really good. I really like that one. Here's here's <laughs> the the funny thing. I've pretty much exclusively only used my me <laughs> character. But you don't have any amiibo. <laughs> no, I don't have any. I don't have any amiibos. I'm literally using him in these stock blue suit. Next time, yeah. next time we meet up, I will bring all my amiibos so you can scan them because it's a one-time thing. All right, okay. Does, just get you a bunch the, of costumes. Amiibos not register to your account or something crazy like that? No. I. I. They. Yes. They, they do. Are... They're not for unlocks. All right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Not for the cool. unlocks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was the one thing I was going to ask you. Um. So the amiibos do work on the Switch. Yeah. The, yes. the right Joy-Con has a sensor on it. Oh, it's okay. It's not as sensitive as the one on the Wii U, though. I've never used the one on the 3DS just because I've got an old 3DS XL. Right. But you really have to. like The, the sensor is like under the joystick on the right Joy-Con, and you literally uh-huh. have to set the Amiibo like, on the joystick. All like, right. It has to be touching it, or else it just will not pick it up. Um. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much the same as the 3DS. I think you can, you know, just above it, it will yeah. it'll pick it up. Um, yeah, because the Wii U yeah. was quite lenient with it. Yeah, yeah. I kind of assume that's because people were buying Amiibo and not opening them and just scanning them because uh, you could get it through yeah. the packet originally. Yeah, so yeah. They're like, eh. I heard they actually also made the bottom of the boxes thicker so you couldn't do that, but I don't know if that's actually true or just a rumor. Do it. it sounds like something Nintendo would do. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean they put a chemical on their um, consoles so you can't you can't lick them. 
I still not. Done I that. have not attempted it yet, but I'm really tempted to. I know. I would never have licked one, like, you know, if if there hadn't been a thing. It's a weird situation of, I would never even consider licking a cartridge because why would I? But then yeah. you tell me yeah. that it tastes horrible. Well, no, I kind of want to. Well, I mean, I could do it live on this podcast right now. But... Oh, you should not do that because you need to talk for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not gonna. Cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, yes, that is uh, that's uh, Mario Superstars. So, cool. Um, Kieran, you have been playing the latest version of a game I spoke about quite a lot on the last podcast. Yes, I've been playing uh, Civilization VI, or Civi, if you short it down a bit. Yes. Good old Civi. And I've only played one game of it so far. I've not, I say played one game, but I've not actually reached the end of the match yet, but I'm kind of close to that point. But I'm enjoying it quite a lot, but I'm kind of also a bit unsure about it compared to previous Civilization games still. Which, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. I feel like this is kind of the cycle that all Civilization games go through, where the game comes out, you compare it to the previous Civilization, you're like, ah, Civ 4's not quite as good as Civ 3, you know? Civ 3's got all this yeah. stuff. Then they release a couple expansions, and you're like, oh no, actually, Civ 4 is the best Civilization. They could not make it any better. And then Civilization 5 comes out, and you're the same time. You're <laughs> like, oh, this sun's. So five's not great, you know. Four had all this stuff; it's so much better. And then the expansions come out, and you're like, "Oh no, wait, it's awesome." I feel like Civ Six is kind of falling into that trap already, where I'm liking a lot of the new stuff it does, but also it feels less. Uh, it feels like there is less of it than Civilization Five, and there's some stuff that Civ Five did just kind of aesthetically that I liked a lot more. So, yeah. Some of the major changes that Civilization at its core is basically the same game. Like it's still, I see, you know, it's still the same thing you would expect. It's a four X game. You're building up your country, and there's a handful of different uh, kind of victory paths you can go down. There's culture victories. There's science victories. There's war, and you know, there's a couple other things. And so far. It feels like you might end up falling into a culture victory just by accident, because uh, I again I've not reached the end of a game yet, but you get so much kind of culture stuff just as you're playing compared to everything else. Like you don't have to really work at it; you just kind of get thrown culture stuff all the time. And they've updated the culture system majorly from previous games, so you're you have a selection of different governments that you can unlock and then use so you could have a, a monarchy or a theocracy or a merchant republic and those are all things you've been able to unlock before but now you can kind of assign them to your your entire civilization and then assign cards to that and those cards will all give you benefits so there'll be things like uh, every trade route you have gives you plus one gold or every uh, every embassy you have in another civilization gives you this benefit and they're just these weird little buffs that you kind of equip in and out whenever you feel like from the looks of it i don't know what limitations there are there 
So I don't understand why you wouldn't just... For example, there's a card that... One of the things they introduced in 5 that they did a good job with was... Uh, uh, civilizations that weren't full civilizations. They were just city-states. So you have, like, Brussels would just be its own standalone thing that you could interact with. It was controlled by the AI, but it would never build any more cities or expand out or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And the way that stuff works in Civ Six is quite a nice upgrade from it. I really like how they handle it, where you get... Uh, I can't remember... The, like, you get envoys that you can send to those different city-states. And those envoys... Whoever has the most envoys gets some kind of bonus, and that city-state basically works for you. It's not actually part of your civilization, but it may as well be they, you know, you're the one with the most influence over their city, and so everyone ends up sending a bunch of envoys to the same kind of city-states to try and fight for control. And you also get other benefits just from having a number of envoys. So if you have three envoys, you will get this kind of bonus from that city-state, even if you don't control them. But if you do control them, you also get this extra thing. And that's quite a cool system. And one of the cards you can get in the culture stuff means that when you send your first envoy to a city, so a city that you've never sent an envoy to, it counts as two. Which is only useful when you're sending an envoy somewhere. But from what I can tell, you can just throw that card in. So you can just at any point go, alright, well I'm about to send my first envoy. Change our government so that I get better bonuses from this envoy, then do it, then change it back. It's like if uh, Parliament was like pushing through a, a law for one specific thing, and then once they were done, they're like, nah, nah, scrap that. We've done it. It's good. You just get rid of that law now. We might need it again later, though. So don't throw it away. Just don't make it legal <laughs> anymore. And it's like this weird kind of system. But a lot of the core parts of Civilization uh, from 5, I'm really enjoying still. Like They've kept the the way the combat works, so they haven't went back to my least favourite thing about free previous Civilization games, which was the kind of stacks of Doom, where when you build an army, you're putting a bunch of units on one space and then hitting them against other units in one space until they win. It's still using the kind of hex-based one unit per tile kind of combat system, which I much prefer because I just think it's much more strategic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things they have upgraded is, or at least changed, I've not really played enough to really decide if I think it's a much of an upgrade, is how they handle cities. So before, in all the previous Civilization games, you pretty much just build upgrades to your cities, and that's it. Like, they would just you throw whatever you want at it. It's like, oh, this every city has a monument. Every city has a university. Every city has this. Every city has that. And they've started limiting that stuff in Civilization VI. So you now have to build districts in your city, which take up actual tiles around your city tiles. So you have to say, I have a farm here, but instead of a farm, I would like to build a university district so that I can build a university in that district and I can build other things that I can only build in that district. So I can only build a library in there. I can only build uh, a bunch of the science stuff, basically. You know, I can only build labs in there and things like that. And you end up having this trade-off of where you actually have to pay attention to how you're building up 
your areas, which is also continued into the builders. So something that I found in previous civilization games in general is you don't really care about what your builder's doing. In 5, in fact, you could just automate them and they would just walk around and just build upgrades everywhere and that was it. You didn't give a shit about what the builder was doing. It was just a thing you built to automate. In Civ 6, builders can only build, I think it's like two or three things before they, they basically just die. You know, like in real life. Once a builder's built a couple of things, he's kind of done. So, you build a couple of upgrades with the builder and these things also take up a tile around your city. So, you end up with this kind of mini, like kind of SimCity-ish city building thing in your civilization game. Which is, so far, pretty cool. I'm enjoying it quite a lot because it means you end up specialising cities a bit more. You don't just have, like I said before, every city has a university. Every city has a barracks. Every city is the best science city and also the best war city and also the best happiness city. You kind of have to use what the tiles that are around your city so you are limited in what you can build. So that seems like the major thing that's kind of a big upgrade in this game so far. So I am enjoying it. But then there's other things like the trade route stuff doesn't seem very fleshed out. Uh, there's spy stuff that seems like it exists, I guess. That's kind of a thing. Uh, they've, they've changed a lot how diplomacy works, which... You know, has never been the strongest point of civilization anyway because there's only so much you can do with AI. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, you can. You could. AI will judge you in different ways based on what you do and whether you're going for similar goals to them and things like that, which they've tried to do in the past, but it seems like they're kind of doing a little bit better here. But then also, AI kind of forgets very quickly what it wants so uh, for example uh, an AI like contacted me and was like hey I want to declare our friendship declare our friendship to the world so everyone knows our two civilizations are best buddies I wasn't really paying attention and actually misclicked not right now and I was like okay fine and I was like no way actually I, I do want to do that so I went back into the diplomacy menu hit the thing saying alright let's declare our friendship and the AI is just like, nah, we don't like you enough. Nah, not today. And it's like, you literally just came. Come on, what is this? <laughs> you suddenly don't like me now. What? Well, um, you did tell them no the first time round, mate. I but he could tell I misclicked. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, a, it's weird. But I am enjoying it so far. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, once the expansions are out because they're definitely going to make a couple expansions for this I think it will end up being one of the best civilization games yeah, yeah right now I would say if you're thinking about buying a civilization game maybe just buy the five with expansions because it seems a bit better right now one thing I will say though is civilization six runs way better like, Civilization Five, for whatever reason, for me at least, never ran particularly good. Yeah. There was something about it that just was, you know, never very well optimized, at least on my computer. But Civilization Six just runs 
super smoothly and it looks beautiful it is one of the best looking strategy games I've played so it's got that going for it at least it does this kind of cool thing where the fog of war isn't just fog like it has been in previous games it's like a hand drawn map so oh, okay. as you don't have as you kind of lose sight of you know cities or something like that it'll get replaced by this kind of drawn in version of the city as it was the last time you saw it which because yeah, yeah. all the cities have all this district stuff and you know things like wonders take up actual tiles and stuff like that now actually knowing the layout of the map is way more important than it has been in previous games so it's pretty cool to be like oh well this is what that city looked like last time it might have changed since then but that's roughly what it looked like and it's just quite a cool effect if nothing else so yeah civilization 6 pretty good cool so i'd say um paul you've been playing sniper elite 4 i've been playing a little bit sniper elite 4 paul you've been playing that... a lot of sniper elite 4 no i've been playing <laughs> you finished sniper elite 4 paul I haven't, no. I have not. In fact, I didn't get even close, because it's freaking hard as nails. Um, I do not remember any of the... So I've, I've loved the Sniper Elite games since Sniper Elite 1. I had nothing but praise for them, as you guys will probably remember. Yeah, they're awesome games. They're freaking amazing games. Obviously the, kill yeah, obviously, the kill cam's back. You've got some lovely new animations. All I'm going to say is exploding testicles. That's been the that was the last game. Yeah, yeah. no, no, more detailed they've, now. They, yeah, they've reanimated this stuff. I mean, yeah. oh god, reanimated testicles. <laughs> Hold on, I need to I need to write my new horror movie script. <laughs> um, but no, um, the game's been pretty good. So, so far I have been dealing with it being brutally hard, and I mean it is <laughs> brutally, brutally hard. I do not remember any of the rest of them being so hard, and I am playing on normal difficulty. I remember finding 3 very hard, and I never finished 3, but that might mainly have been because I played most of it co-op, and yeah, we're both play. fucking idiots when we're playing at co-op. So, me and the guy I played co-op with were just kind of... We would go stealthy for... Because there are stealth games, primarily. And we'd yeah. play stealthy for a bit, and then all of a sudden, you know, one guy would see us, and we're like, well, get the assault rifles out. And it's like, no, this is a snipe... Oh, no, it's not made to be played this way. We died. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, so it took me the... All I'm going to say is the levels, the, the missions, the maps are huge. Uh -huh. I remember them being big in 3 but I don't remember them being this big so yeah. the first mission took me the better part of an hour and a half that's, that's quite a while took me the better part of an hour and a half to finish and deal with uh, I, I loved every minute of it but I died a <laughs> lot I died so damn much man because the AI is not stupid. It's no longer thick. You pop off three rounds from that sniper rifle, they're going to pinpoint where you are via sound. 
and they're going to come for you, and they're going to come for you hard from every angle of that map. And if you're pinned down in a little tower with guys, you think, oh, this will be easy. Guys just climbing up that ladder behind me. I'll just pop them all off one by one. Nah, they start hitting that thing with tanks. They start hitting that thing with rocket launchers, <laughs> grenades. You are dead within minutes. So you 100% need to be sneaky. And we all know, for me, it's not my strong suit. Yeah. It is no way my strong suit. I am a run em, gun em, shoot everything in my way spray and pay or spray and pray kind of guy when it comes to shooter games doesn't work so i had to completely tune my style to the game and i think that's actually what i like about it um as crazy as that sounds it's i actually think that's what i like about it it's making you play stealthy it's making you play stealthy or you're you are you're gonna get hammered you're just gonna get brutalized Mm -hmm. and I found that out very, very quickly. But I've only actually played the first two missions. So the first mission, you get dumped off the coast of Italy, southern Italy, uh, and you make your way on a land and you're you're trying to take out these generals who have been behind bombing runs on some US ships going through the area because the Germans have... Italy in their control and you're trying to you're now trying to clear that section so American and British soldiers can land and start taking Italy from both sides the second mission dumps you in a port town and that's even harder <laughs> and I'm just I I actually I'm stuck on I'm stuck on the start of mission three which is the second part of this port town it takes you back onto the, like the next section of that map kind of deal. Yeah. Um. I'm just I'm I'm stuck. I'm super super stuck. And but it's still a really fun game. So if you've enjoyed any of the Sniper Elite games, you're gonna enjoy this. It's more of the same. It looks a little bit better. It the controls feel a little bit tighter. Um. And they've really upscaled those kill cam animations that little bit more from Sniper Elite 3. It's mm-hmm. pretty much all I've got to say about it. It cool. sounds good. Yeah, it, it's more of the same. Mm. It's you, from what I can see from what I've played, it's you clearing the way as a front runner to the invasion force of British and American troops in southern Italy and trying to make your way to the to, way to northern Italy and clear the way for those guys of like tanks and clear out fort forts they've got and try and take down commanding generals so they've got they're in disarray and stuff basically running interference um i haven't got too far in the story yet to understand who the main like big target's gonna be Mm -hmm. but we'll wait and see probably hitler (laughs) didn't we get didn't you kill him at the end of three i think you kill him in all of those games yeah, you even, clu- you even kill him in the zombie ones as well. <laughs> oh. Hitler must be reanimated every game you play, because this one is actually carrying on the storyline from 3. Yeah, they're historically accurate. 
Yeah, Hitler got shot. And Do you know how many died. times Hitler oh. got sniped? A lot. True, because the true because they're all fakes. All the zombies are real though. Oh yeah, the zombies were totally real. Uh... <laughs> but, but anyway, before this descends into anarchy, Mike, you've been playing more Fire Emblem. Can we get a Fire Emblem update, please? A Fire Emblem update. Yes, yes. So I. Uh... I finished Fire Emblem, the first one, which was Birthright. Yes. Um, yes. And I did that ages ago. And uh, I think it was a contender for one of my games of the year. I don't know if I actually list- listed it yeah, as one of my games of the year. Um, no, you did. You did. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it, finished it, and then I uh, downloaded the... The version that you started playing, Kieran, which was Conquest, which is the more difficult one. Yes, because I'm an idiot and thought, hey, I'll jump in the hard one. <laughs> so I'd, uh, I'd played, and I think the last time that we'd spoke, I'd gotten further than you, and it was completely and utterly fucking difficult as well. <laughs> yes. um, so I am now on chapter 12. So I've moved on quite a bit, but what I did was I spent a an hour, a, maybe a little bit more than an hour, but round about that anyway, um, doing the same mission over and over and over again. And I thought, you know what, fuck this. That's what you do. That's what you play. Yeah. Uh, but what I wanted to do was I was a. I was tempted to buy Revelation because Revelation, apparently the story is, is really cool. Yeah. I've heard and that. I thought it, you know, it would be a waste of the, the 18 quid I spent on um, the the pack for Conquest not to play it. So what I've done is I dropped the difficulty and uh, I've, I, uh, I've taken away the one shot kills. Uh, not the one shot kills, but when you lose a unit, it comes back. Uh-huh. Not immediately. It, you know, you can use it in the next yeah, the next the, chapter. Yeah. 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 yeah, the permadeath is off. Yeah, um, and it's weird because it actually ties in with the story, because <laughs> the the story is that uh, you you find that Corin, uh, or you know you. Uh, you tell when you're playing on this side, you're instructing your armies not to kill the Hashidans. Yeah. You know, yeah. you want, yeah, yeah. I don't want you to kill them. Um, and there's some of them go, well, they didn't kill us. So we didn't kill you. And your, your character that was hurt in the battlefield is talking to you. So thematically it actually works for the game to turn off the permadeath. If when you're playing conquest, which is, um, <laughs> happy accident. Um, but yes, I'm. So I'm. I've convinced myself that I'm playing it the proper way. That's, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, That's... it's the worst way out. Yeah. yeah however, however, you justify it to yourself. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. As long as you can justify it to yourself and you can sleep at night. <laughs> yes, as long as I can sleep at night. Yeah. So I am. I am essentially. I'm playing this version for the story, but I have to tell you, even with the permadeath turned off and the difficulty dropped down a bit. It is still fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I'm I've enjoyed it a little bit more. So I moved on. I think I've played um, five chapters or so since since I did that. 
So I'm on uh, chapter 12 now. I'm seven hours into the game. So I've still got another 23 hours before it's finished. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Roughly. Yeah, each each game is about 30-odd hours. I powered through the first one. Uh, I've still got my save from the final fight, which is at, sitting at 2741. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's still good um i do like all of the hidden not hidden things but the the things that you need to um, pay attention to so where you can get the characters to talk to each other um there's one of the characters in a conquest and it's the knight called i forget his name um but he's he's drawn he's got this big cheesy grin and you know the oh I can't remember the matter. Uh, <laughs> Everyone his, treats him like a big hero, even though he's like the he, clumsiest guy in the yes, world. Yes, Arthur. Ah, uh, yeah, he's great. I like him. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, the way whoever's doing the voice, it's this really cheesy voice. Yes, it's me. I'm here. Nobody worry. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and his interactions with some of the other characters are really, really well written and uh, really good. <laughs> uh, so yeah i was saying that fire emblem you can't really talk much about the game uh because it is just you know the a standard tactical um war like game uh and i so i've been playing through this and i'm really looking forward for the the new fire emblem that's coming out say uh, as you're listening to this it will be this coming friday yes i, I wish i still had my my 3DS has basically just become my girlfriend's 3DS now. Right. This is the new Fire Emblem is kind of like the one thing that's made me really want to get my 3DS back. Because it looks cool. Because it's yeah. a remake of one of the older Fire Emblems, like the second one or something. Uh, Fire Emblem Gaiden, yeah. I believe, uh, which was Japan only. Yeah. Which is yeah. cool. So, that'd be good but yeah so um yeah that's it for fire emblem conquest uh hopefully i will um power through it and uh, play a little bit more before the game comes out next week yeah yeah cool excellent i i think that's us for board games uh, for video games <laughs> jumping ahead of myself here freudian slip yep cool uh should we move on and talk about some board games board yeah. games this is a good idea for me Cool. And nobody has played any board games. Nope. Not even you. Nope. No, I did. Ha ha ha. So we had a. So since we've recorded this, I've had two board game days. Oh, gods. Yeah, we uh, played some board games in Glasgow and played with a. a met some really nice guys and uh, played some board games with some board gamers and then i was in uh, manchester last weekend and i took a couple of casual games and played some of those nice. oh uh yeah so i uh, we played uh with the, the the kind of serious gamers we played a 10 player game of a fake artist goes to new york that's a big game of fake artist <laughs> it is um and the it went down really well Oh, it does. It's a perfect yeah. game. Um, and it is, it's just, you know, 
you know, trying to figure out who is the fake artist and things like that doesn't, it's a little bit of fun, but it is, it's just more that interaction. And, you know, you are, you're still trying to figure out, does this person know what we're talking about when, when they see the, the little drawing coming towards them and the faces they make, and then somebody will draw something that they think everyone else should get. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going, what the fuck is that? And, <laughs> you know, nonsense? the guy's going, yeah. And he's going like, come on, you know what that is. And, um, yeah, it was just a, a lot of fun. So we played a uh, three rounds of that and that was really cool. Um, uh, we did an epic drawing of Star Wars. That sounds about right. That's, yeah, Star Wars um, always comes up in some way. It does, yeah. Um, and then somebody, uh, it was Minecraft, so we had to draw Minecraft. Now, I have never played Minecraft, <laughs> and most there was four or five of us out of the ten that hadn't played Minecraft. Although we know what it is, everyone knows what Minecraft is. Of course they do. Um, so when it was our turn to draw something, I decided I was going to draw like, you know, the, the the head. I was going to start off drawing the little Minecraft dude. And um, so I drew a, a square for his head because his head is a square. It's a block. And uh, instead yeah. of drawing a, a little block for the neck, I drew like a rectangle because I thought he has a neck, you know. Yeah, yeah. But of course, because I haven't drawn a block, they think it's me. <laughs> uh, um then somebody else i don't know if it was a uh, if it was my wife if it was Anne, or if it was somebody else thought they would draw another guy but mm. what they did was when they did the so they did the, the same kind of long neck yeah but they also drew um an ear they only drew one ear i don't know why they only drew one ear on the guy <laughs> so they draw one ear on him and the rest of the neck and so we're all going around and nobody can figure out who the um, the fake artist is at the end because there's all these strange drawings. Somebody drew a sword, which was fine. Uh, when it came around, somebody started drawing off a creeper and he drew one uh, and he drew the one eye on it and yeah. didn't know what it was. So she drew the second eye down at the bottom. So it, it looked like a Picasso creeper. Um <laughs> Uh, and then we asked the guy who was the fake artist because we couldn't figure out who the fake artist was because there was just so much nonsense going on and we said to him right what do you think it is we're drawing and he said a collection of speed cameras (laughs) 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 and um, yeah it was uh, it was just one of those um, yeah really good fun Um, we played uh, with those guys who played a big game of CS files as well um, CS Files or uh, Deception Modern Hong Kong, one of those games we don't really need to speak too much about on this podcast because we have yeah. spoken quite a bit about it. Uh, although I would say that we played, um, so we played the game because it was such a, a large group. We played without the the accomplice for the murderer, but we played with the witness. Okay. So the witness role, uh, what they do is they know who the murderer is, but they don't know what the the combination of things okay. are. So obviously he's trying to push. You, you need to try and push everyone into the direction of thinking that it's the, you know, the murderer is that person. Um, but the, 
the other thing that can happen as well is if the murderer is caught at the end of the game, he gets one guess to guess who the witness is. Mm-hmm. If he can identify the witness, he wins the game because thematically he's murdered the witness and he gets off. Okay. Um, so I was the witness. Um, and what had happened was it was one of those where the, the murderer has picked his his two things and then the <clears throat> excuse me the the forensic scientist comes up and the forensic scientist was Anne and uh, she picked all the things and it it made two suspects one of the suspects being the murderer which he had a uh, two things that it possibly could have been and me I had four pieces of evidence that could that fit every time Anne put something down. It, it pointed towards me. And I ended up in a situation where I couldn't say anything because the, the murderer was sitting there, he was getting away with it. And yeah. if I had pointed him in the way, because I was the only one that, was, that, that thought it was him, <laughs> and if, if I had pushed it, he would have known. And yeah, it would have that given away. Yeah. So it I don't know if I like the witness because um, it was and people going, well, if you're the witness, you're a shit witness because you're not helping us. It's like, well, I'm telling you it's not me. So <laughs> yeah. I, um, it reminds me a lot of the Merlin mechanic and uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, thingy. Avalon. Uh, Avalon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not too sure. Um, I wanted to play another round of that without the witness, but the, uh, it was their first, I think it was only their second time playing the game, so they were very, you know, oh no, the rules say we have to. Um, and then uh, more people came, so we didn't play another round. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I assume uh, you, you broke the same rules as usual, though, where you don't enforce a, a strict time limit for deliberations or anything like that. Yes. I feel yeah. like we've never actually played the game where because the rule book's like, oh, take, you know, some time for two minutes as a girl. It's like, eh, nah, just you well, know, yeah, because yeah, they tried to start it like that, you know, and they wanted everyone to come up with their little story and things like that. Yeah. And it worked the first time going round, but the the second time it just it naturally goes away, and it yeah. just you know. So when we break the like you say, when we break the rules, it just kind of naturally happens and it feels right. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, yeah, the same thing just happened in that group as well. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like that's how it always works. And I yeah. I really like that game, so yeah. it obviously works well. Yeah. Um, so we played a... And then we were in, when we were in Manchester, we played a couple of more um, games that we've played before as well. Um, casual games. So we played Cat Tower and... Uh, the one of the per- the people that we played Cat Tower with was absolutely uh, he was brilliant because uh, straight away he was like oh no this is, this is like too stressful for me he was sweating you know really stressing out putting building this little cat tower um, <laughs> it was excellent uh, really really good fun um, and uh, we also played uh, Insider one of your favourites Kieran. Yeah, I like Insider for a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, so we played uh, Insider, and with Insider, it was, yeah, it was different than when we've played it because, you know, by now we, 
yeah, we can all consider ourselves board gamers, you know, so we've played quite a lot of games. Yeah, definitely. Um, playing with two people, um, uh, so the, the two people that we've played with, uh, one is a friend of, uh, well, you know, childhood friend of Anne's, and um, her her boyfriend and uh, her boyfriend is he's getting into board games he's got a a board gaming group he started to play with and he's just getting into games and uh, so you know I brought out all these oink games and, and cat tower and he'd never seen them before so that was pretty cool and just yeah, you know it's a hidden role game and it's a little bit of a deduction game as well and you're trying to this hidden information and everything mm-hmm. and uh yeah they 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 took to it quite well um they did the the overthinking thing sometimes is that you do as well when you've the first time you play one of those games because uh, especially when it comes to the section where you're playing if you're the master and then it, you're playing the 20 questions and you're thinking very very carefully about whether you're going to answer yes no or i don't know yeah um, and they would, uh, we did it as well. You know, you would obsess about, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that four <laughs> questions ago. Um, but yes, uh, still a lot of fun. Um, just, uh, it is a really good game with the, you know, um, first timers just to bring out and show them that this is the, you know, it's one of the, the kind of, uh, lighter games that you can play that are out there. Um, and it really eased everyone into playing games. And then the last game that we played with them was a Deep Sea Adventure. It seems like another kind of good, solid choice for like kind of yeah easy to get into thing. Yes. Um. And yeah, they they loved it. They they the push your luck mechanic and the um. So of course the, the first round, everyone's going a little bit too far. Um. Because you can go all the way to the bottom of the sea, it's no problem. Yeah. Um, the minute somebody picks up treasure, you go, oh, and then somebody <laughs> else picks up because it, it is, it's always that domino effect of what whoever starts it, you know, somebody picks up a piece of treasure, the next person thinks, well, fuck it, if he's doing it, I'm doing it. Yeah. And everyone else picks up a piece of treasure. And before you know it, you've lost eight units of air out to your 25 and you're going oh shit i don't know if i'm going to get back now yeah and of course you you, you, when you roll the dice you're uh you know treasures that you're holding in your hands so if you've got three pieces of treasure in your hand you gotta hope you can roll a six every single time yeah Uh, good at it because there's definitely no luck in rolling dice exactly (laughs) um so yeah, um, the first round everyone drowned, and then it started to get very, very tactical. I do feel um, like except... a, a lot, of, a couple of things we've played at least like the first round. Generally, a lot of people will just drown. Yes, yeah, it just go... <laughs> you need to get a feel for hand... everyone. Yeah, it goes to hell in a handbasket. Um, yeah, so there was just quite a, a load of games that we'd played before and um just played with a new group and yeah good fun uh, i did play two of the newer games i think we've spoke about terraforming mars before and we played a five-player game of that 
that was really good. The game plays well with five players, but it uh, first time playing with people, I think we ended up taking the box says an hour and a half to two hours. I think we were nearly three hours on the game, which is not too bad. Yeah, but it's still pretty long. Yeah, um, still pretty long, um, but not too bad for teaching. Uh, you know, so you're teaching and you're going through all the rules. There's quite a lot. To... Yeah. Um, yeah. What was uh, also a little bit challenging was, so it was myself and Anne and then three guys that we just met that day. So, you know, when you're explaining a game to people you don't know, they you know, you've not got points of reference to, oh, this game does a little bit of something, you know, like uh, yeah. when we played Small World or we played, that you've got no points of reference. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you're, you don't know these people and they don't know you, so they, they don't know your turn of phrase and your cadence and how you speak and things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, it, it just, reminded me of how difficult it can be to explain to board games when you know they don't know you and you don't know them uh but yeah we got on fine uh, mars is really really meaty lots of strategy lots of things to think about when you've got your hand of cards and how to play them um we found the take that element so there has been uh, a couple of people that have said, you know, the, the, the game is really good, but then the take that element is not for them. And there's quite a lot of it. Mm -hmm. We found there wasn't that much. Um, you know, there, there were a couple of cards where, uh, you know, you're bringing down an asteroid and you have, you can, you can take up to two, you know, two or three of somebody's resources. Um, and sometimes we would take all of the amounts that it would tell us to do, and sometimes we wouldn't. But the way that we kind of decided it was, uh, you know, you weren't picking on somebody. We would say, right, that I need to take, um, you know, five of somebody's money. Um, who's got the most money on the board? And we'd have a look and we go, ah, right, you've got the most money, so I'm taking it away from you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there wasn't... It, yeah, the, the take that was incidental. It was one of those things that... It was kind of just there to keep the person who was first in any kind of given part from completely staying in first, basically. Yeah, that that's kind of how we used it as well. But it was, um, you know, the, the, the take that, it's not put in there for, oh, some, you know, because they've thought, ah, oh, shit, we better put some take that in there. Mm -hmm. It feels um, thematically correct. Again, uh, when we specific accuracy in it and the way that it's built and everything, the whole theme. Uh, but one of the cards, for example, is uh, you use your technology to pull down a, a meteor that's in the atmosphere pull it down it hits the earth uh, hits the earth hits mars and uh, it you know brings up the uh, the temperature of the earth uh, again i said the earth <laughs> it brings up the, the core temperature of the planet but also what it does is um it's a it destroy you know it destroys plant life so you you can take plant life from another player and put it back into the bank, into the reserve. Mm -hmm. Now, that makes sense. 
you know, thematically, um, thematically, it thematically made sense. It just wasn't like, you know, Munchkin draw a card. Oh, this card's going to allow me to take something from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Munchkin's a good it. example given Munchkin is just take that as the entire yeah. game. Yes, yeah. Um, whereas this was, you gain a benefit, but there is also a, you know, a bad thing that happens because of what you've done. Yeah. And it would more than likely happen to somebody else that was, you know, trying to terraform the planet. Yeah. As it's yeah. more that you're just um, a ruthless capitalist that doesn't care about your impact on other people. Yeah. <laughs> rather than um, you know, well, actively were... targeting them. Yes, yeah. There were some cards like... that. Uh, actually, some of the cards like that as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, so it does... The, the take that, it does belong in there. There's not a lot of it. It's not the defining aspect of the game. Uh, the game is more... It's about building this engine... And trying to get as many um, from the planet, and get as many victory points as you can in the process. Uh, really good game. Uh, we also played a a game of Yamatai. So Yamatai is the new game from Bruno Cathala. Uh, that is the dude that made the awesome Five Tribes game. Yes. Uh, also ah, made cool. by Days of Wonder. Yeah. Um, so Yamatai is a it's a game where you are uh, set in ancient Japan and you're trying to build the ancient city of Yamatai. Uh, and Yamatai is a set of islands. Well, in I don't know in real life, but in the, the board, it's like this little set of islands. And what you're doing is you're building buildings on each of the islands. And uh, if you can build your own buildings and you can chain them, you get extra points. Um Essentially, on your turn, what you can use is uh, the idea is that you've got ships and you place ships on routes around the island. Once a certain um, combination of, of ships are around an island, you are then able to build a building uh, that uses those elements. Um, and you've got your own buildings, your own colors. So if you can chain your buildings together, you get extra points. And the way the game played is <clears throat> the way the game is played is on your turn you will either place ships down on the board, or sorry you place ships down on the board every time, mm -hmm. but you can either take a resource from the island which then allows you or somebody to build on top of that empty island. Uh, the resources give you heroes, um, and the heroes are very to the jinns and five tribe the genies. Uh, they have one-off activation powers. They may give you extra money or they may allow you to do an extra turn or they will give you extra uh, victory points at the end of the game or they will um, even change some of the rules, allow you to break some of the rules of the game. Uh, it's like Five Tribes, but it's not... Um, <laughs> it's kind of the best way to describe it, actually. It's, <laughs> it's another... Um, Another one of those strategy games that where Five Tribe was all about the worker, you know, you were taking the workers off the board. Yeah. This is about placing resources on the board in a specific pattern um, to be able to do what you want on the next turn. I really yeah. liked it, and it has... 
it's got a lot to do. You're, you're busy doing all these things, and it can lead to some analysis paralysis. I think it's some people have said it's not as prone as five tribes. Uh, and some people have said that, you know, it's more prone as five tribes. I think it's it's actually it's more prone than five tribes. I found five tribes to be I didn't have that much of an issue yeah. with it. Um, and this one I did. But then there was people uh, I know and feels the, the opposite way. And some of the people were playing with as well. So I think it's your mileage will may vary on that one. Yeah. Um, people but yeah, will definitely. Yeah. That yeah. As well. yeah. Awesome game. Um, doesn't take too long to play once you've explained everything. You're probably about 90 minutes, does you? Really good game. I'm looking forward to playing it with you guys. I think you guys will really like it as well because um, you all did enjoy Five Tribes. So I think you're going to like this one as well. I've never played Five Tribes. Oh, have you not? <laughs> yeah. Still I don't think I've, if I've played, I don't think I've played Five Tribes either. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you have. I think you have as okay. well, Paul. Yeah, I might, I might have. I, just, I can't remember. Yeah, Five Tribes is the one with the all the little meeples, and uh, you oh, pick yeah, them no, up I and have. you move them about. Yeah, I have. Yep. We have a YouTube video up of the expansion for that, don't we? So no. Uh, yes, we do. Yeah, the um, uh, was it the the thieves of Nagala? No, the thieves was the other one. But yeah, artisans of Nagala. I think it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like Yamatai as well. So that's um, we need to play that uh, at our next board game days. Yes, definitely. Oh. I want to play both those games. That and Terraform yeah, yeah. Mars. Yeah, um, that would be a, a good day actually. Just playing those two would be yeah. quite good. Um, and that was it for the board games. Board cool. games are done. Do we have news? We have news about board games. And also video games. Yay! Did you guys ever play a little game called Deadly Premonition? (laughs) (laughs) Yes! No, I did not. (laughs) Deadly Premonition was a cult classic, kind of janky but lovable, kind of Resident Evil 4-ish kind of game that was also kind of Twin Peaks-y and it was in a lot of ways not a very good game and also in a lot of ways a great game <laughs> so it's like a weird kind of, <laughs> it's like the video game equivalent of a B movie like it does a lot of things poorly but it's so much fun regardless of that uh, well it's getting a sequel in board game form because the video game didn't sell super well so <laughs> uh, there's a kickstarter up for Deadly Premonition the board game and it seems kind of interesting like genuinely not just because like a lot of licensed games that show up on kickstarter are usually bad yes safe to say yes like that ghostbusters one uh those uh princess bride ones you know that kind of stuff those things yeah. Um, yeah. This seems like a weird kind of mix of um, like there's some hidden role stuff in there. Then there's like I don't know some like card battle and stuff in there. I don't know. It seems interesting. So if you like that game, probably go check that out. Yes. Um. 
Vanquish is coming to the PC. Vanquish was a really good platinum game. It was a third-person shooter. Came out for PS3 and 360, and didn't sell very well. And everyone assumed it was dead forever. But yes, they've just announced. It's been teased for a little bit because they brought out Bayonetta on PC a little bit ago, and uh, they updated that Steam release of Bayonetta to have a screenshot of Vanquish in it, just randomly in the files, and people noticed because they. You know, there are people that check through the files before and after every update to see what is actually getting changed because people are like that. And they noticed there's a Vanquish screenshot, and then a little bit later they announced that Vanquish comes PC, so that's cool. I will probably pick that up because I really like that game. It's one of the best third person shooters, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, I didn't play much of Vanquish at all. Uh, I think the little bit that I did play was uh, your insistence as well, Kieran. Yeah. But yeah, no, that it was. Right. It, yeah. Um, it was a good game, though. Yeah. So imagine, I imagine we will be talking about that more in the future, or at least I will, from when I pick it up and play it again. Cool. Uh, some leaks came out about the new Assassin's Creed game. So, for people that may remember, there wasn't a new Assassin's Creed game last year. They took a year off because they wanted to kind of reboot the series a bit. And, you know, kind of maybe get the series back on track because the last couple of games were maybe not super well received. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Syndicate was kind of well received, I guess. I, I found Syndicate kind of boring. Unity was broken. At the end of the day, I think I ended up enjoying Unity more than Syndicate, despite the fact that Unity was very clearly not a finished game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so this new one is called Assassin's Creed Origins and is a prequel to all of the previous Assassin's Creed games. Right. It is set in ancient Egypt at the start of the Assassin's Order. And a couple of screenshots have leaked of it so far, and they show that sailing is back from Assassin's Creed 4. Woohoo! So you'll be able to sail up and down the River Nile. Yeah, but there's no shanties, though. <laughs> oh my god, I hope they've got. <laughs> they just have shanties. Just don't explain how they got shanties, you know, thousands of years before shanties. <laughs> oh man, that'd be great. Nothing uh... wrong with a good old sea shanty yeah so hopefully it's good I I like the good Assassin's Creed games did anyone ever see that Assassin's Creed movie I uh, no um no the nope. wife went to go and see it and she um I, I said oh why okay you went to go and see it I think I might go and see it and she said no don't yeah I, I went to see it and it's um it's not good it's not even bad in an enjoyable way like as someone who's a big fan of stupid kind of bad movies like the Fast and Furious movies and things like that I don't see Assassin's Creed it's not (laughs) it's not enjoyable yeah yeah I don't really want to see it for that reason yeah uh yeah for something that we would want we do want to see 
the Wipeout Omega Collection is coming to PS4 in June, I believe. Uh, yes, seventh yes. of June. Seventh of June. And they announced today that there's going to be a new or a special edition that some some stores will be stocking. So far, it seems in the UK that it might be exclusive to base. I think it is. Yeah. But, uh, it has like a slipover cover that makes it look like it's meant to make it look like the original kind of PS1 cover but because it's still over a Blu-ray disc it's you know Blu-ray yeah. case sized so it doesn't yeah, really yeah, look yeah. like that but um, it's still pretty it's, neat it's not exclusive to base it's also available from Shop 2 and Granger Games as well Yes. alright oh, okay I thought Shop 2 only had the steelbook no, no, shops no. do have that special edition. Uh, okay. As do Granger Games. Yeah, I have pre I have pre ordered through um, Shop Two. Cool. Which also reminds me, I need to cancel my Amazon pre order that I had. <laughs> <laughs> Two copies just showing up. Yeah. That's I no I've never done that. N- what you've never pre ordered something and then forgotten that you had it from one place uh, while ordering from another one I mean actually I genuinely don't think I have double dipped like that but I've definitely pre-ordered things and then forgotten until they showed up (laughs) being like oh well I guess I'm playing you know this game now can't think of a good recent example but there's definitely stuff that I've pre-ordered and been like (laughs) why did I pre-order this like I'm not even super into the series or whatever and it just showed up yeah, it happens. Yes, yeah. So I'll need to cancel my order so I don't get two copies of the game showing up. Yeah. But I am looking forward to this, though. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, same. I really like the Wipeout series. It'll be nice to play those, uh, all the Vita tracks in 60 frames a second. Oh, God, yeah. Because that was the one kind of major issue with that Vita game was just the frame rate was not there. Yeah. yeah, and I played the show that video game. I love that video game, but yeah, I never finished the final race though. I never even reached the final race. I'm terrible at wipeout, as it turns out. <laughs> I'm terrible at racing games in general. I just really like them, and then I never get that far in them because I'm terrible at them. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I don't have any other news stories here, but I don't know if anything you guys want to bring up. Uh, nope. No, not not really. Um, the Hot Wheels expansion for Forza Horizon has uh, just come out. Yeah, I want. To yeah. Play that. Um, so I've been checking that out just uh, before we started recording, and it is a lot of fun. I will obviously talk about it in the next episode but yeah that is available right now it's part of the season pass uh if not i think it's 15 16 pound on its own but there is a special going at the moment for i think it's around about 70 pounds where you can pick up the one of the ver- i think it's one of the deluxe versions of the game plus this new pack and that's on digital fair enough any cool. Uh, actually, oh, I... I just realised we since the last uh, podcast because we didn't do one last week, we won't have talked about Dark Siders three. Oh yeah. Oh. So Dark Siders three got announced. 
which kind of came out of nowhere because well I guess not out of nowhere because uh, Nordic picked up all of the Darksiders stuff when THQ went under and re-released the first two on PS4 and Xbox One so it's not too surprising but yeah so they're making a third Darksiders game this one you play as Fury who is uh, the horsewoman and yep she has a cool whip thing that looks pretty neat it looks super cool I'm gonna be honest she has a a cool whip cool whip cool whip cool whip uh, <laughs> uh, it kind of reminds me of, like it's kind of like chain whip thing so it kind of reminds me of like Ivy's sword from Soul Calibur although I don't know if right. it can actually turn into a sword or if it's just a whip in which case it's more like I guess the Castlevania games or something yeah yeah. so that'll be cool hopefully I don't know I, I was I didn't really like Dark Souls 2 that much I liked the first one a lot though uh, yes. I don't think I played much of two, but yeah, I did play quite a bit of the first one. Yeah, I didn't finish two. I don't think, but I got really far into it and remember very little about it because it was really forgettable. I just remember not enjoying right. much of it. Whereas uh, that first game, I remember so much about because that game was just great. It was yeah. such a cool thing. Second one, no, not so good, but. I'm hoping they can bring it back with this one. Yeah, same. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all the news. All right, cool. Um, so new releases, we have got some of those. Uh, so new releases, we'll be looking at. Is it the twentieth of May? We counting the twentieth of May. Uh, so we have. Um, let's have a look. Coming out on the sixteenth of May for PS4 and Xbox One, we've got the Surge. That looks good. That does look good. Yeah. That's the um, Dark Souls-ish, sci-fi-ish game by the people that made... Uh... Oh, God, what was that game called? We got on PS Plus recently. The Dark Souls-ish game. Oh, um... Dark Souls? Dark Souls, that's the one. <laughs> for for Honor. <laughs> it was not For Honor. <laughs> Uh, however, I'll remember. But for now, yeah. Yeah. they made another game that was like Dark Souls. Uh, yeah, and I can't remember what it's called. Uh, it's something like For Honor, but it's not For Honor. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, yes, uh, we've also got Farpoint and the Sony PlayStation VR aim controller coming out on the 17th of May. Yep. That uh, seems like something that should have came out by now. Yeah. Um. I don't know how well VR's doing and how how well it's going to do. You know, you don't. The, the, we don't have any killer apps coming out for it yet. No, there's no. Yeah. Well, that Rick and Morty game looks pretty good. Yeah, if you're a Rick and Morty fan. Uh, then uh, quite a lot of stuff coming out for the 19th of May. We've got uh, for the Vita and PS4. We've got Akiba's Beat. Yes. Uh, so that is the sequel or next in one from Akiba's Trip. It's a it's a spin-off, I believe, because I think it's pretty more. Right. It's not the same kind of like actiony combat. I'm pretty sure it's more like an RPG, right? Turn-based combat. I'm pretty sure you're still beating the clothes off of people, though. Quite yeah, quite possibly. Because it's an Akiba <laughs> game, so of course. 
Um, then, uh, oh, wow, a game that we've not heard from in a long time for 3DS, uh, Cooking Mamba. Sweet shop. Cooking Mamba's coming out of retirement. She is, yeah. So don't worry, if you fuck it all up, Mama will look after it. Uh, I wonder then, if this uh, is a real Cooking Mama game or if it's... Because the last couple of Cooking Mama games have not actually been, you know, that kind of recipe mini game thing that you'd expect from a Cooking Mama game. They've been like right. weird spin-offs. Oh. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Tally goes yeah. games. Those are good games. Um, I, I'll tell you what is a good game is Fire Emblem Echo Shadows of Valencia. You don't know that. You've not played it. I'm I'm assuming it's going to be. That's fair. <laughs> There's probably been um, bad Fire Emblem games before. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that's coming out on the 19th of May, along with its special uh, limited edition, which uh, I was tempted for a little while, but uh, yeah, it's 70 quid for some pin badges, a CD soundtrack, and two Amiibos. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm over the whole amiibo thing. Um, I would like to agree. I can't, but I would <laughs> like to agree. I, uh, yeah, that's just because they don't do much, you know. Um, I bought all those Breath of the Wild ones. Did you? Yeah, well, except for one, but I bought almost all those Breath of the Wild ones. There's oh, like six. Wow. So, okay. Something like that. No, G. You, the you worst thing it. is they don't even give you the best stuff. The Zelda, there are Zelda amiibo that give you cool costumes if you're a fan of the series, but then you have to get ones that weren't the Breath of the Wild ones. Like the right. Ocarina of Time Link gives you an Ocarina of Time outfit, but also the Ocarina of Time Link was sold for five minutes, like all of the amiibo are, and so it's forty five quid to buy off eBay. So fuck that. Yeah. Wow. So I bought all those uh -huh. ones, which turned out to be kind of pointless because, like you said, they don't give <laughs> yeah. you anything. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, also coming out, we've got uh, Hakuki Kyoto Wins for what that is. It's a dating sim, from what I Oh, okay. Uh, oh. Looking at the Amazon page for it because I couldn't find a decent description of the game anywhere else. Right. Uh, description just says 12 handsome bachelors over 8 hours of romance beauty at your fingertips oh lord no sold everything need... you need yep How is you two need help that that's what you Amazon? need <laughs> there's a register for people like you oh, wait, not no, sorry, if they say one. yes nope <laughs> there's, a, there's still a register for people like you Hakoki Kyoto wins for the PlayStation Vita system is a visual novel in which you can romance the famous samurai of the Shinsengumi. Shin, 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 I, I right. don't speak Japanese. As you might be able to tell. It's first came out in 2008, apparently. Right, okay. Wow. So it's a classic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we've also got uh, Injustice 2 coming out for the Xbox One and PS4. Might uh, be interested in picking that one up. I'm already yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I did like uh, first one, so yeah, probably pick this one up at one point as well. 
I was not a big fan of the first one, so. And I uh, cheap and play story mode. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, Operation Babel, New Tokyo Legacy for the Vita as well from NIS America. So I'm assuming it is a Japanese RPG. Yes, that's what it appears to be. Cool. Given it's um, NIS, I'm Googling it on uh, Google Image Search and I'm disappointed. I expect that from NIS. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And the final game. <laughs> <laughs> the final game that we have uh, on the list is uh, for the PS4 and the Xbox One. It's Portal Knights. I don't know what that one is. Where from is five, 505 Games. Uh, I am not 100% sure what it is, but we can always look. But other than that, I think uh, that's it for new releases. Yeah. Uh, that's for the show. Cool. So, uh, is there anything else that anyone else is... Uh, that we didn't mention? Uh, no, I'm, no, I'm currently filling in the relevant details to have you both put on registers, but... <laughs> Whoa, it's uncalled for. I bought that basketball game on Switch. Like, right now. So, my you can first impressions any... of it are it downloads real uh, nice. <laughs> it downloads real nice. You can tell me how it is, and if it's any good, I might actually get it so I can play you online, because... It... I think it's going to be worth, what is it, like 17 quid? Yeah. I think the Switch version doesn't have online yet, but they're patching it in. That's fine. I've heard the game is really, really good. It plays very, very well on Xbox One, on PS4, and on PC. I've heard the Switch port, while being still super fun, is a little bit shoddy. That seems reasonable. I mean... Um... It doesn't even run at 1080p docked on the Switch. Yeah, I think we'll probably see that a lot from games that are ported from the more powerful consoles. Yep, yeah, I'm I'm expecting that. But you know something, as long as it plays fun, yeah, I'm quite happy. Cool. Uh, so anything else that uh, we've forgot to add to the show at all? Uh, nope, not no, I can think of. Cool. Uh, so, in that case, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com or you can find us on the Tinterwebs. Go to www.glitchfreegaming.com. Check out all the stuff that uh, our cool editor extraordinaire. There's content coming up uh, quite often there. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, search for Glitch Free Gaming, or you can send us a tweet and tweet us at Glitch Free Game. And I can take a breath now because that was quite a lot to remember. That was, that was, it was very impressive. <laughs> Why could you not breathe because you were remembering? Uh, <laughs> doing two things at once. It's, uh, it's like walking and chewing, it's just impossible. Oh. Imagine if to remember things you had to hold your breath. <laughs> oh, cool. Right, so um, I think that's it then. Is cool. So uh, the only thing left to do now is to thank you all for listening to our drivel. 
we will speak to you again next week so until then play lots of games be nice to each other and cuddle a cat they like it yeah do that i can yeah i'm I'm done with that as long as you have permission yes always get consent before from your cat cat. (laughs) yeah because otherwise they'll scratch your eyes up (laughs) until then Bye. bye bye